Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing, the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh! Woo! Oh, oh, oh. Woo! <laughs> Matt, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, man. It's been a busy yeah, long several weekend. days. Yeah, yeah. I was in yeah. uh, San Diego for the weekend. Uh, was uh, hanging out with my sister and her boyfriend and introduced them to my partner. So that was cool. Nice. Um, nice. And uh, saw some other friends that were in the area. And in the past week, I have been invited to be the groomsman at two different weddings. Nice. So, yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Stoked on that. Uh, Corbin, friend of the pod, and Kumar, friend of the pod as well. Not sure he ever listens though. But uh, yeah, stoked on that. It's kind of funny. So I originally got the save the date first for Corbin's wedding which is um, the 28th of September. Then my friend Kumar called me like a couple days later to ask me to be his groomsman. He's like, oh yeah, and the wedding's in September. And I'm like, when in September? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> and, um, thankfully, it's the 21st, so. Oh, back-to-back weddings? Yeah, so it's going to be a very busy couple weeks for me. Very busy, probably summer too, a couple different bachelor parties. So uh, nice. I'm looking forward to it though. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm very honored and to be included in both of their big days. So Dang. I can't wait for the Brokaw bachelor parties. Those are going to be so hard. <laughs> That's going to, it's going to be a while for that. Mickey. Someone's going to die. Oh, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. It's <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's someone crazy. will die it's, by the end. <laughs> I got two, I got two weddings myself in the summer. Uh, nice. so yeah. it's a big wedding year, I think for, uh, for certain circles of people. I mean, Hey, we're in our late twenties. So weddings, yeah, weddings are happening all happening. around us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not having weddings as much, but, Kids are starting to come around to my family. Mm. Oh, dude, yeah. I already have Been two. There. Already have two planned for this year. Damn. And then when my older brothers, they'll probably get married somewhat soon. Like it's, it's like super close to them yeah. tying the knot. Yeah. Then they'll be allowed to have a kid after that. Can't have a kid yep. until you're married. Oh, of course not. Yeah. We don't allow that here. Yeah. Dang. Dang. And Matt, you barely avoided the flood. Have you been seeing? Yeah. This? So yeah, I saw Mission Valley is like underwater right now. It's so um, crazy, dude. I, mean, I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was fake. I, I, I have no idea about There's this. There's a flood in like San Diego. And it's like pretty bad. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. I haven't had a chance to really look too much at it. I think a lot of it is, yeah, more like the Mission Valley area. Um, I mean, San Diego is probably built for rain even less than LA is. So, <laughs> um, Which is actually insane. I feel like they would get... You'd expect rain more it, in San Diego. It barely rained here. And I there's just a giant... There's a giant puddle. Like... Uh, like a whole lane was <laughs> shut down on my street. Like guys. Oh yeah, insane. LA streets are terrible. It's insane. They know? do not irrigate well. Yeah, so <laughs> it's tough down there. Yeah, we got lucky. I was down there over the weekend. Um, the rain was forecasted the whole weekend, but it was really not too bad. I did go climbing outdoors, and it did. We did unfortunately get rained out at the very end, but uh, we did manage to get a few good climbs in at the very least. So nice. Excited about that. Uh, but first, I think just to kick things off on our, you know, Watchdog report, Riot Games cutting about, what is it, laying off 530 workers, I think? 11% um, of their workforce. 11%, 11% yeah. Which is pretty genuinely insane. That's a lot. Um, there's some positives in this, like as far as the package that they have um the layoff pack or the severance package but you know it's still a lot of bummer obviously i think a lot of people that work at a company like riot you know they're very um passionate about it and obviously you know no one ever wants to get laid off so not a uh, not ideal at all um really quickly just to go over the severance package um well, wait so let's, offering... let's, can we talk about why it happened yeah yeah i mean let's dive into it yeah um, yeah the CEO had a real heartfelt announcement that uh, that he made out to. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the letter. The kind of, I guess the announcement that he made, uh, just kind of a press release about why the the layoffs were necessary or why they ended up happening. Um, basically, I mean, basically about- pulling out of like some of their. They're basically just putting all the resources into just Valorant, TFT, and League now, right? Yeah, like I. I- Basically, what he cited was Riot made some bets in the last few years and like, you know, doubled in size and just got really, really huge because they've become kind of more of a not just a gaming development company, but also like an entertainment company as a whole. I think they're referring to some of the Riot Forge stuff. They're referring to Arcane. They're referring to just like the teams that are managing things outside of core game dev Mm -hmm. for Riot. And, uh, you know, he mentioned that. 
hey, those teams have become unsustainable and uh, it hasn't worked out and the bets haven't really paid off. So they're downsizing, I guess, right-sizing more so um, to focus back on you know their core products and things like that. And, and not to mention, they have two unreleased games that there's st- uh, two that we know of right. that they're still working on that definitely aren't making money because they're not out. They can't make money. Mm-hmm. I'm, so uh, I'm, they've been bleeding money there too. I'm actually not too familiar with Riot Forge. Can anyone kind of help me understand That's, that? It's basically when Riot partners up with indie devs, they give them the IP and give them some money to help make uh, these games, and then. Uh, they, there's like a there's a Silas game. There mm-hmm. was a Nunu and Willup game. Uh, I I think there were a couple more. I think there's gonna be an Echo game that yeah. just released. It's Riot's indie game dev sort of platform and publishing platform in a way. Um, so there's like cool Riot centric or what's what's the Runeterra? Is that the world of uh, League of Legends? Yeah, Runeterra yeah. is the world. It's it's Runeterra games essentially. Um, mm. And there was that really cool Silas game, or it looked really cool, although I didn't really hear much about it after it was released. Um, but there's sort of like a, a Riot platform for non-core sort of gaming products that they're making. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've talked about Riot being like a real powerhouse in this decade, um, and you know, in in what I've said, I think like it's referring to you know what I've referred to in the past has really been like their kind of diversification into what they've done. Like Arcane has been very successful. These indie games have been successful. They're basically diving into every genre to try and have like a key game in every major video game genre. And um, yeah, they're, (laughs) I think they just got all the carts before all the horses. And I think they expanded too quickly and and they have to right size Uh, 11% of a workforce is a lot of people. Um, you know, you got to call on it right size. And I don't like that. Let's give them a pass. They still overextended their. <laughs> okay. Hand. Okay. They overextended. Them, they're yeah. De- yeah. Yeah. No, they're definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I'm being too euphemistic about the whole thing. Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, 11% is so many. It's so, such a That's huge a lot. percentage. That's a lot. Yeah. It's these, these layoffs lately have been such large chunks, large chunks of people's workforce lately, you know, from like unity and this and, uh, discord just, just been a lot of people getting laid off lately. Yeah, what's uh, what like frustrates me the most with all these layoffs is that it's all these big companies that like they pre- they pretty much made a gamble, it didn't pay off, and now the lower end of the food chain takes the punishment for their decisions. Yeah, man, it's a rough time. It's a rough time. Yeah, and who knows what was told about those people? Like, you know, I think like when any company is taking a risk, you know, like the risk always goes down to the lower level employees, basically that assume the risk because they're the ones that ultimately have their jobs on the line, not necessarily the CEO or C-suite level people. Um, although they can have their jobs on the line too. But um, the sad thing is that uh, who know? I mean, who knows what internally was talked about? with, you know, the people that were working on these side projects or these things that Riot overextended on. Um, You know, I think one of the most frustrating thing as an employee, um, you know, when you get laid off is like being told that things were going smoothly or, hey, like, you know, we're getting an influx of cash and, you know, things will look up. And, you know, who knows what the employees are really being told as this was coming up. And I'm sure I'm sure they a lot of them were kind of hit with a curveball right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um I did check on my friend Sabrina's Twitter. A uh, friend of the pod has actually been on the pod before a while ago. It was a good episode. Yeah. Kind of talked about the esports ecosystem. Um, thankfully, her job is, uh, you know, her, her, she's going to still be working there. Um, good. So glad for that. I have a couple other friends that actually work at Riot that I do need to check up on, see what's going on there. Uh, hope, hoping that they're all good to go. Um, I will say, though, as far as severance packages go this one is it's a very good one pretty generous um they're offering six months of salary minimum based potentially more based off um your roles uh, and how long you're with the company uh they're offering a cash bonus equal to um 100 of everyone's individual annual performance bonus target um even for employees that only had just joined within the last year so they didn't even hit that the first time uh Health benefits will last as long as you have severance as well. So at least six months at the very minimum. Um, play fund and wellness fund. I'm not sure how that is. Typically that means like if that's, you know, like gym expenses, things like that. Um, I'm not sure how play fund works. I'm guessing that's probably geared towards games. Um, but they're offering an additional 1000 to cover any expenses that were relied on because of the wellness or those funds. And uh, equity, they're basically not touching anyone's equity. They'll still be able to cash that in as far as I could tell. 
um, yeah. whenever you know those um, vesting periods are over. Letting people keep their computers and any peripherals they have. That's crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that one's crazy. just like, wow, they really sweeten the deal. Um, offering career support for six months. Uh, assistance program with like basically, as I understand it, um, various counselors um, for like emotional, legal, and financial concerns. Uh, visa support in case anyone was there on a work visa. And still letting people maintain their email access in case anyone had any like, you know, uh, personal items tied to their um, business. Email. That one seems a little dangerous, honestly. <laughs> it's like keep having people still maintain email access is kind of crazy. I'm sure their IT can finagle it in a way. That's there, there are that. definitely ways to yeah um, to make that secure. So yeah, that is it's a bummer. I, I would like to say as well, you know. I, I again I think of all the layoffs we've seen so far this year which is like already like 3500 within the games industry something like that um this is probably at least from what I've seen the one that's been handled the best that said you know I'd like to know how if riots CEOs thought about lowering their salary or anything like that you know um so I've, again extremely generous sal- salary stuff that they're doing with the severance and everything um but I don't know. I'm I'm very lukewarm on Riot overall after this. I, have a, I don't know. I mean, they make good products, but I've always been kind of lukewarm on Riot, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Mickey was just streaming League of Legends right before this. Yeah, Mickey. Supporting wow. Riot. I was having a terrible time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't tell right. me they don't... You can't convince me they don't sell enough skins to, like... Yeah, that's crazy. Like, they got to have so much revenue flowing in. How? I guess it's like Tencent. You know, they're owned by Tencent, so like ultimately the decision comes from them. I guess. And all also they pump so much money in esports that that definitely also just is a shit ton of money that's just down the drain. Yeah, that isn't profitable. Mm. Man, I think I'm out on esports. Like officially, <laughs> you've been, but like officially, officially, you know, you haven't officially been out on them. Oh no, I still like Smash, but. You're out on I mean, Smash? Actually, what, what, when have you been in esports? That's what I want to know. I was in esports. I was pretty hardcore into it. Not hardcore. I was into the business side of it pretty intensely okay. in like, I'd say like 2016 to 2019. And then I woke up. <laughs> yeah. That's what <laughs> happened. I had, uh, what's, the, what's the right pill you take in? in, in uh, you took the red pill. I took the red pill. Red yeah, pill. I took the yeah. red pill. I woke up, started a podcast. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm... um. I think I'm only in on grassroots esport communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just. I, I don't those, know. Those are definitely where the homies are. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. just don't think it's ever going to work out. To be honest, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot this over to the uh, GDC survey if you yes. guys don't mind, because yeah. uh, that's more exciting yeah. news, I think, or in, in some ways exciting, but uh, certainly more fascinating than what we were just talking about. Um, for those of you that don't know, the GDC or Game Developers Conference, it's a uh, Sort of a multitude. It's a it's an entity that does a lot of different things in regards to game devs. Um, you know, they host conferences, both physically and digital conferences. Um, you know, support for game developers. It's sort of a network of game developers as well. Um, so, if you know any game devs out there, they've probably, in one way or another, either attended a game developers conference or are trying to be affiliated or have goals to be affiliated with the GDC. Um, and they do a yearly survey. And uh, we have our results of the 2024 uh, state of the games industry from the perspective of game developers. Um, We got a copy of the report in hand right here. It's a 37-page PDF um, with some really, really interesting questions being asked um, and kind of gives us an idea of what to expect in 2024. So I wanted to go through a lot of this. Um, Some notable results here. Uh, Four in five developers have ethical concerns about generative AI. Very topical. Uh, 56% of developers are worried about future layoffs. Also very relevant. Uh, 26% of AAA developers have games being adapted into movies or shows. This is literally like all the stuff that we've been talking about in the last couple weeks. Um, 26% increase in games with accessibility measures. And young devs, I don't know what exactly they define as young, but young devs are 157% more likely than older devs to support unionization. Uh, no surprise there. Um, but as we go through this uh, game developers kind of state of the games industry report, um, no, if you guys have anything notable you want to jump on right, right away, let me know. But I'll just be kind of going through what we got here. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, the big thing that just stood out to me, um, and I think just because it's a bit more topical for me right now, there does seem to be, a, you know, still a decent amount of um, interest in VR. Um, on page seven, the noted asking the devs what platform interests you the most as a developer right now. Um, PC, of course, being the most at 62. PS5 at 41. Nintendo Switch potential successor at 32. Uh, Xbox, Nintendo Switch Current, and then VR headsets with 21%. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting, notably ahead of Mac at 12%. I know, why is Mac um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I think VR is in a bit of a slump right now, but I, I'm especially as having just bought a MetaQuest, um, I'm excited to see that there's still you know some interest in it. Uh, also worth acknowledging that the... VR platforms that interest people the most, developers the most right now, as well as what they anticipate their next game being released on, is um, the MetaQuest slash mm, MetaQuest store over Steam VR, um, with forty to thirty-four percent as which interests them as a developer the most, and then forty to thirty-four to twenty-six percent. Yeah. So pretty notable, I'd say. Um, very curious to see where that goes from here. I really, uh, I. I think it's cool that one thing, no, one notable thing here is, you know, which platforms most interest you as a developer right now. It looks like, I mean, PC is obviously leading the way, but PlayStation 5 is actually well above the Nintendo Switch 2. It just says Nintendo Switch successor was the response there. And it's above the Xbox Series X and S. So it seems like there is a little bit more uh, for the people that were surveyed, more interested in developing for PS5, more so than any other console available right now. Um, so I do find that pretty interesting, very notable. That doesn't surprise me too much. Mm-hmm. It's weird because, as we'll see, as we'll talk about a little bit later in this podcast, um, you know, talking about Microsoft's potential dominance uh, being undeniable in the marketplace right now, it seems like there is quite a bit of interest in the PlayStation 5 development platform. But there just seems to be more going for Microsoft in general. Um, maybe the people surveyed are not owned, you know, maybe they're not Bethesda Activision devs <laughs> that are just owned by Microsoft at this point. Maybe it's just cool indie devs trying to develop for PS5. I, uh, I don't, I'm not sure I understand why you're so high on, uh, we'll get into it in a little bit here, but I'm not sure why you're so high on Xbox. Well, I think, well, obviously Microsoft has been making some of the best purchasing moves that we've seen of any other I mean, more so than Sony at this point with Bethesda and, you know. Yeah, but like what gives Bethesda anymore? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I mean, they're, I guess what I, what I we'll, we'll talk about more later in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we'll save that for later. Um, okay. Uh, I wanted, Mickey, you got any ones you want to point out right now? Uh, not that you guys have not, like the development one was one that I had highlighted that you already pointed out. Mm-hmm. None that I, Nothing else that I've seen so far. Okay, gotcha. One thing that I thought was uh, pretty interesting, where was it? Um, oh, yeah. So from this survey, what best describes your company? Um, Indie Studio were the highest response rate here, 32%. And 18% were actually AAA studios. And there was quite a bit of people in um, the education and creative services and consulting, which made up about 10% of the overall kind of population there. So... Um, we forget, you know, as, you know, consumers of games that there are so many, you know, what's considered game dev and what's a game, what games are out there right now. There's so much more that's kind of on the education side and the creative services slash consulting. Um, AAA studios only really made up about 18% of the respond- respondents here. So um, quite a bit smaller than I would expect. Are you okay, Matthew? <laughs> I'm sorry, my mind completely wandered. Like <laughs> I just saw you sitting there. Right I'm not there. even like doing anything. I just was staring at like you talking, but none of it registered. Can we clap? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're I'm, good. You're good. <laughs> I've had um, a long week. <laughs> there was one. There was also another one that I wanted to point out here. That was I'm tra- having trouble finding the uh, the page here. Um, in terms of like NFTs and like where we're going with uh, blockchain. Uh, let me find it here. Yeah, so we have a question here, which is interest in blockchain technology. Um, so over the past year, studios continue to experiment with blockchain technology, like cryptocurrency and NFTs. Which page but is? it does seem, page 16. 
It does seem like more companies are starting to wane on the sort of NFT Web3 craze. Uh, we have 2% of respondents already using NFTs slash cryptocurrency. Uh, we have 6% of, com- of developers saying they're very interested in in integrating blockchain technology. We have 11% that are somewhat interested and overwhelmingly 77% of developers say they're not interested in using blockchain technology. Thank God. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not at all surprised by that. that. Um, I think society as a whole is kind of out on crypto right now, especially with Sam Bankman Freed most recently being, you know, uh, indicted. Yeah, you you even had fucking, yeah, had Logan Paul shut down CryptoZoo pretty recently shut it down well yeah shut officially it down for good. Shut it. yeah that guy's a schmuck um <laughs> yeah coffeezilla did some good videos on that i recommend everyone watch yes. his stuff but those um, are fantastic i mean even evidence with like traditional finance trying to get into like the crypto space kind of there are the not nfts excuse me the efts or etfs that got approved recently and they immediately tanked so like it's pretty much just as far as i can tell traditional finance just wanted to create these bitcoin etfs Basically, so they just had a way to short Bitcoin. <laughs> um, so um, I think it's a positive, I'd say, that uh, you know studios are getting out of it. Um, but I mean, in some ways, right? Like, and maybe you can help me on this, Lucas, because I don't really understand CS skins that much. But I know I recently saw like that the, there AK? Was, like, an, the yeah a million dollar like AK yeah. skin or something in CS2 or CS right CS2 CS, CS2 I guess yeah CS2, CS2. CS2. Yeah. Um, I mean in some ways like that being able to be sold like wouldn't that just be made better by an NFT technology because then it's more like security around it I guess yeah I don't know I think um, and honestly I'm not an expert on CS skins or cases and all that other crap but yeah I mean in a sense what people are trying to do with like nfts in gaming um is kind of what steam has been doing with like cs skins and stuff like that um i guess if you backed the skin with more of like an nft backing it might create a little bit more security or more exclusivity around the item that's owned quote owned um and maybe you can make the case like hey if you were to NFTize it or you were to you know web3 the freaking steam marketplace then it would be you know, it'd be owned by the person, not by Riot or not by yeah. Valve at the end of the day, because that person would own an NFT, not the Valve issuing a light. Like anything you own on Steam, quote, own on Steam, you're actually leasing a license from Valve. So Valve has the opportunity to take away your access to all of your library any moment that they want to. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, we all understand that. We all know that. And I think. When it comes to NFTs, crypto, like Web3 in gaming, I think the idea is that people can probably own their thing, literally own it because, you know, it lives inside of their, I don't know, wallet. Would it be a wallet at that point, Matt? <laughs> be like more of an inventory. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I have. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, yeah. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on that was on this report is uh, AAA developers having their games being adapted into films. So obviously, we talked about this Ooh. a couple of episodes ago, um, or I guess it was last episode, talking about you know what the next big IPs are, you know how successful video game adaptions have been uh, on the big screen and on TV. Five Nights at Freddy's blew up, Last of Us was great, Super Mario, Super Mario Bros. movie, and Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, all commercially critically successful, or at least commercially successful, shall we say. Um, and ten Dungeons and Dragons though isn't that more like a? It's a game. I, I wouldn't consider that video game adaptation, but okay. Well, it's a Baldur's Gate adaption. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at okay. all. Absolutely not. Okay, okay. <laughs> we should clip that and get people mad from what I just said. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so ten percent of people reported that their AAA game is being adapted into a episodic show or film. Uh, and 20% have said they've talked about it internally. 6% say they've been approached. And 2% actually reported that they've actually pitched their game uh, to be a TV show or a uh, movie. So really, really interesting stuff. Honestly, I think that we're... I, this is this number is only going to go up over the next few years. Um, I think the ne- like the next wave of... We're kind of in like, let's say... Uh, like second wave video game movie adaptations, you know, the first being like 
Max Payne and like Street Fighter, like Mortal Kombat, like early stuff. And now we're actually in the the point where it's viable and, you know, at least very profitable. So I see this is just the beginning of video game adaptations. And this survey next year is going to be even higher. Yeah, Yeah. it's the beginning of what's already been coined on the podcast earlier, the Nintendo Cinematic Universe is coming. Yes, it is, dude. It is. I'm telling you. Yeah, interesting to see how this goes all play out over the years. And then as a follow-up for that, uh, there's a question. Do you think the rise of film and TV adaptations of games is good for the games industry? 63% of devs said yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, think yeah, I, I don't an, see how it can be that negative for the video game industry. Brings a lot as long more as there new players. Continue to be faithful adaptations. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I'm. I hope we sooner than later get a Bioshock uh, adaptation, and I have the perfect casting for Atlas slash Frank Fontaine. You ready for this, Lucas? Okay. Yeah. Wait. Sorry. We're talking about what? Bioshock. Bioshock. Okay. Yeah. For At- not the main character, but for Atlas slash Frank Font- Fontaine, the would you kindly guy? I think I know who you're gonna say. Colin Farrell. Oh shit! Okay, I thought you were gonna say Barry Keoghan. Not- <laughs> no, but I love Barry Keoghan. Um, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> Colin the reason- Farrell's sick. The reason I thought of Barry Keoghan is because of um, Banshees. Uh, not Banshees, but uh, what did I just see? Salt Saltburn. And then I think of Saltburn, maybe think of Killing of a Sacred Deer, which also mm. has. And I just Very realized funny. those two have been those two. They've have been, been in two movies together. together. Wow. That is actually interesting. Um, I mean, sure, we'll just have Barry Keegan play the main character. Um, yeah. Did you see Saltburn yet? No, I haven't seen Saltburn. Oh, you'll probably won't like it, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, it's so people have been really hot and cold on that one. So yeah, I was I, talking I, with producer Sam about it, and he uh, he didn't care for it. And I, I I understand the arguments against it, but like. I was very entertained with it, and it's very, very key. It's an amazing performance from him, if nothing else, yeah. in my opinion. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. I'm gonna check it out for sure. Uh, there's one other thing in here I wanted to comment on. Let me see if I can. Oh, um, pretty notable to me that paid digital downloads are not, or paid digital downloads um, are the preferred business model, but still, like the most, you know, the most. Um, Straightforward business model is a digital premium game, meaning it's how I interpret that. Maybe I'm wrong on this is like a $70 or $60 video game still. Right. Yeah. Um, That's buying God of war on the PlayStation Mm -hmm. store. Yep. Um, Versus like saying, um, you know, paid in game items or paid in game currency, whatever it may be. Um, That said, it is a little depressing that physical premium game is down to 21% on that being developed. Um, I think notab- notably Alan Wake didn't even have a physical release. Is that correct? Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of inevitable, unfortunately. Um, and I- the other negative around this too is I think it kind of reinforces, I want to say it was Ubisoft that was saying like we need gamers to get comfortable with the idea of not owning their games. Uh-huh. Um, it definitely leans into that um, dystopia, unfortunately, but I'm glad that the number one thing on this isn't like paid in-game currency or like paid, you know, something like that. So, yeah, we own the depressing thing is if you go deep enough into it, we own almost nothing like that. We like use like I can't even repair my phone. You know, I can't even like Uh, like car. You can't even repair your own car depending on like what you what model you're getting to. Like you can't even open up your my parents car. If you open up the hood, nothing. You can't even access the engine. It's just plastic. You have to go to the dealership to get it. What fixed. car does he drive? Uh, oh, wait, that might have been the Mazda before what they had right now. But um, like a Tesla, you can't crack yeah, open yeah, a yeah. beer. Oh, yeah. you, you, you can't open up the cannot. hood, crack open a beer and fix the car. You know, oh, man. Your own yeah. car with Tesla. I used to be able to go over to Jeremy's house with my old Honda. Just work on the car. Just yeah. work on the car. Can't even do that anymore. Crazy. Makes me sad. Must uh, have it. I think uh, I, I, I do. Ha- I do have one. Yeah, uh, go for it, Mickey. Going over AI in the video game industry. Uh, so overall, what kind of impact uh, do they think generative AI will have for the game industry? 21% say positive. 57 say it'll have a mixed impact. And then 18% is negative. Mm-hmm. And then 1% no impact at all, which is actually a wild take. <laughs> to think, <laughs> zero, impact. zero impact. Yeah, that is crazy. That's a crazy take. <laughs> and then how concerned are you about the ethics of using AI in the game industry, 42% is 
very concerned. Mm-hmm. 42% is somewhat concerned. And then only 12% is not at all concerned. So 84% are like concerned about a- the ethics of AI. You know that. Which is a very reasonable number. You for know that. that that person that, um, what kind of impact do you think gender AI will have? The 3% or no impact. That was the person that got the audio file for Prince of Persia. <laughs> the, the Prince and of Persia game. Like, oh, I don't know. And like, just didn't even question it and just put that bad boy in there. Yeah, like, yeah. This is the fi- <laughs> these are like the finals devs with the like commentators. They're just like, nope, nope. I'm not concerned. I, we yeah. did it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it's very well done. I think the finals, at least for me, I think they're very. very I do. Done. I do appreciate that. There's like different stuff to hear every day, and it keeps yeah. changing. It's it's a little silly. Um, it's great and, it's very and entertaining um, but yeah yeah inter- interesting stuff I think the uh, overall state of the games industry is very interesting from the perspective of developers and uh, happy you know excited to keep an eye on this next year as this evolves and uh, yeah anybody should anybody that's interested in reading the report should definitely check it out it's uh, GDC uh, gdconf.com uh, you can find it there and if you're interested in GDC the game developers conference it is this March where is it it is going to be uh, this March in San Francisco uh, gdconf.com for more information yep. yeah uh, Matt Pal World you were Pal right World, baby I you were right. absolutely <laughs> right dude you've been Matt, okay. Matt called Matt, this from a I've been waiting away. I've been waiting all week to talk to you about this like I, we I haven't think, even talked. Yeah. We we like because you were busy this past weekend. Yeah, like you were so big on the early, really really early showings yep. of what Pal World was. Mm-hmm. Personally, I didn't really believe it was going to be this big at all, and it had eight million downloads the first yep. day, and yep. it has surpassed Baldur's Gate three. Go ahead, Mickey. I thought it was going to be hype, but this blew my expectations out of the water of like yeah. how popular. I want to see now, Matt. Thinking- do you, did you think it would be this popular or did you think it would just be somewhat cool? I thought it was going to be very well received and played by a niche group. I did not expect it to blow up the way it did. Um, let it be known on the record that I've been a Pal World stand since June 2nd, 2022. That is when we recorded the episode Pokemon with Guns. Um, <laughs> I think it was even before that. Like might have we, been. You definitely mentioned yeah, it before have, on the pod of that day. But um, yeah, I mean, hey. It was it was a no brainer to me. I know ball. All right? <laughs> yeah, you I know, know dude, you really called it, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's the early reviews, obviously, and everyone playing it is that you know, especially considering it's an early access, it's quite dense. Um, for what I heard, you know, it's very well put together. What you, what you can do, and there's definitely some bugs and stuff. I think I saw Power World like the announcer on their Twitter, like. Yeah, you know, we, we're aware of the, of the bugs. We got 50,000 tickets. We are working through it, you know? Yeah. Like, like we hear <laughs> it. It's definitely hard yeah. to get through that many. We work, um, there's like, get this there, I mean, they're also having server issues too, which yeah, no is to be expected. There. Yeah. Um, some notable things though, apparently the Xbox version is there's been some more issues with that. Um, notably as well, the Xbox and Game Pass PC version cannot do dedicated servers yet. I don't know if they said it was out of their hands. I don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> what does that mean? It's very confusing. Cause like you can do a dedicated server for like Valheim on Xbox, but whatever that means, they can't do it right now, but you can do it on steam. So I went ahead about the game on steam. I put in like maybe shoot 25 minutes in it. Not even that. I haven't really had any time to play it yet, unfortunately, but um, what I did play it's, I like a lot um, so far. You know, I'm, I'm not typically, barring like playing with friends like Valheim, I'm typically not that big on like the survival crafting genre. But um, I think the, you know, the setting of this game being pals that you capture and stuff, right, with your pal balls is uh, going to add a lot of fun to it. I'm excited to keep diving into it. You can ca- you can capture humans and make them work in your factories. You can literally enslave them. It's an- awful but <laughs> which, it, it, which, Wait. which it's it's hilarious because they're just inferior in every single way to pals yeah so <laughs> it's pretty hilarious um, there's like no reason to other than the joke yeah but uh yeah pretty crazy i'm i'm excited to see how this develops over the next you know year really how, how long this game is in its early access form before it's officially say you know completed yeah. and released because i think even valheim's technically in early access still isn't it oh god i hope not yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I, what the hey, I'm I'm I'll, I'll check that. Real I'm quick. officially declaring Power World the first unexpected smash hit of the year. 
Um, it is crazy how big this game has grown as fast as it's grown. It now has more uh, official downloads. It has more downloads and purchases than Baldur's Gate 3, I think, already. And Mickey, what was the other game that it had more than? Baldur's Gate 3 and... Hogwarts Legacy and Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. yeah. Insane. Okay, I know it's at a lower price point than those other games, um, but... Can you imagine Jeez. that CEO walking into the office on Monday like, that's right, I'm Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah. Uh, it's a Japanese-developed game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's coming with huge controversy, not just with, you know, the stuff with Xbox and PC, but also just, like, the thing that we always thought was going to happen, which is people are claiming that they're stealing from Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and there has been just an, a slew of really angry Pokemon fans coming in this past weekend a lot, of, uh, a lot of Twitter posts. Yeah. A lot of Twitter posts. And like threads of people just going like, I'm going to outline how every single pal is like inspired from Similar, every yeah. single Pokemon and blah, some, blah, blah. Some are a lot more egregious than others. Uh, we'll have to share some in the Discord. By oh, the way, yeah, if you haven't joined the Discord to come talk about all this stuff with us, come on the link yeah. to the Discord uh, on our website, thanks for playing live or on uh, the link tree and any of our social media handles at TFP podcasts with an S at the end. Yeah. Or just email thanks playing pod at gmail.com and we can send you an invite. Um, some are more egregious than others. You know, I'm very, I'm fairly, I mean, this isn't like a new indie dev, right? This is like a developer that's been around. They've made some games before. They made craft world. Mm-hmm. It was the previous game that they made. They made some stuff before and one other one, I think. Craftopia, excuse um, me. Craftopia, yeah. And so I, I think they did their legal due diligence on this. And so I'm not worried about them getting like, you know, shut down per se. Um, Nintendo, there's no way this hasn't made it to their front door yet. Um, yeah. Like before it was released, what I mean, you know. Uh, I'm sure if this was ever going to get legally shot down, it would have got shot down during the development stage when they were showing gameplay and stuff. So I don't think any of that's going to happen. And, you know, I don't tell, tell, find me an original idea, you know, <laughs> F- find me a truly original idea, you know, this, I, was just, um, I was hoping you for you get to this point, Matt, just like, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, okay. First off, I just want to use this platform as an opportunity to say, please, anybody out there do not like DM any devs post on t- like tag developers from this from uh, Pocket Pair on Twitter. Like, don't harass anybody, yeah. okay? Like, first things first, you know? And second, like, for the people that are really upset about this, yeah, like one, like what Matt just said, you know, there's not, there's only a limited number of ideas out there. Um, and honestly, a lot of Pokemon's character designs also come from a lot of other sources too, you know? And like, if you look at Dragon Quest and you look like Dragon Quest, like creature design, and then you look at Pokemon creature design, you're going to see a lot of inspiration that came before Pokemon that was then used in the Pokemon universe. Pokemon just happens to be the biggest by far IP that has the formula that it has of capturing and training pocket monsters or whatever you want to call them, you know, but other games, other IPs have monster, done other that. monster tamers. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I just, I think that we all need to take a, a, a step back and take a deep breath. And also I want to hear what hot Mickey has to say because he's the Pokemon fan here. I wouldn't exactly call myself a fan, okay. but <laughs> more so than me and Matthew like, here. Uh, I, for one, don't care too much about the designs of the pals. And I think it puts, I actually am sort of in favor of how they did like, yeah, you're going to see like some egregious ones, but they do have some that are unique designed as well. And I just think it's a big wake up call for Nintendo. Like, I agree. Somebody else yeah. can do this. Yeah. You're not the only ones yeah. who have this formula down anymore. Yeah. Yes. I, I was going to say that too. And this is Mickey. a lot more I, interesting than like Pokemon. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. Like people have been complaining for years that Pokemon is just so bland now. They're not doing anything much with the formula anymore and like it's it's super easy too and power world like puts like the survivor crafting uh spin on the pokemon uh formula and it worked out beautifully yeah and like they took around they took out like the monotony of it too by making like some the crafting autonomous which is like is a big plus. That yeah, I know let's not call it autonomous. We're making our pals do it for us. No, but I, you know, Mickey's saying no, it's yeah. just yeah. no, no, no. I know, yeah, you're I not know sitting you a tr- you're yeah, not you know sitting I mean. there. You're not sitting there. You're not grinding it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I just wanted to 
Call it what it is. Indentured servitude, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. Um No, yeah, I that's the I'm biggest thing is giving Game Freak actually knows that they have like competition now, which I think is important. Um is I mean and you know, and hopefully this makes like we'll get a really cool um Pokemon survival crafting game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the the Pokemon formula has been around for so long and like not iterated on that much and doesn't like 25 years. Doesn't then they don't deviate that much game over game, you know? And they add oh. they create new Pokemon and that's fun, that's cool. They put it on the new system. You know, and like like Pokemon even graphically has like gotten away with not keeping up. And graphics whatever. I don't care about that graphics that 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 much, but They've gotten away with not caring enough no, about performance yeah, and, like, and graphics. And Pal World yeah, like looks nice too at the end of the day. Yeah, like yeah. and it's still an early access. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, like for example, like with the like a uh, Scarlet and Violet, like the massive performance issues that had yeah. on launch was ridiculous. Like they just don't care about releasing a great product on launch. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's stupid. So like someone needs to keep them in place. And Power World has done a fantastic job of like waking nintendo yeah. up uh, hopefully this wakes them up yeah i will like, say look go ahead go ahead matt or i was just gonna mention though someone did already make a mod that just like makes it pokemon oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> great mod. That, it looks incredible actually i'm extremely impressed and i just it. i've just seen a bunch of memes of like nintendo hunting that down the water <laughs> assassinating them breaking down their, fantastic breaking down their door that's insane yeah. they made it that quick though i don't understand how that's possible yeah actually. the modern community matt crazy yeah. crazy yeah i think one thing that i think like I'm not asking for Game Freak or Nintendo, whoever, to release now a Pokemon game with guns and and like enslaving Pokemon for automation. But like, like the ideas that Power World has kind of put in, where they're adding in this like kind of survival crafting, sort of like a big design system involving pals or Pokemon, whatever you want to call them, in a in a more unique way, like. I know it's. I know we're like enslaving the pals, but in if 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 Game Freak were to do this in Pokemon, and they really were trying to evolve their formula, it could be like what the Simpsons Hit and Run did to Grand Theft Auto. It could be a more appropriate mm-hmm. kind of toned down use of the same formula. It could be like your pals are collaborating with you, and you could raise that. Like it could be a different type of system that they're using, and you can build almost your like own a Harvest house. Moon kind of game, you know? Yeah, or exactly. Stardew and Valley. like they. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've never tried to innovate to do anything as cool and interesting as what Power World is doing right now. And I think that's what everybody's resonating with right now. Like what I really want is give Pokemon the same treatment that Mario games get. Like mm-hmm. every new iteration of Mario, like it feels super unique and like visiting each separate game doesn't feel like you're visiting the same game they each have their own unique aspects like galaxy is completely different than sunshine which is completely different than odyssey yes. which is completely different than 64 like each of those have their a nice desire besides just like basic on like oh different pokemon are in here yeah oh they introduce fairies in this generation <laughs> it's like oh a couple mo- new moves are in this generation it's like it's it's just the same game over and over and over i want them to actually give it the same proper care yeah. that like Mario and Zelda does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or like even final fantasy, you get a completely new like combat system, every single new different, like sort of setting every game combat system, like different characters, like interesting settings. Like it's different. It's different. And like, yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon needs a little bit of a refresh. Wake yeah. up, wake up Nintendo. Wake the fuck up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hats off to, Oh my God. What are the, de- what are the devs name? Uh, pocket pair. Hats off to Pocket Pair. I um, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to be powering through and probably going to be streaming Neon White tomorrow night just because I need to finish that for the pod. But I will definitely be moving my streams to Power World. I will say, and hopefully Hell we can yeah. get a big TFP Power World server going. That'd be fun. Hell yeah! All right. Uh, last topic I wanted to talk about here today. Anything else on Power World, boys? Buy it. Sick. Okay. So uh, last week, there was an Xbox Developers uh, Direct, a 2024 event, and uh, we're here to talk about it. We're here to recap it. There were some interesting announcements. These are all Xbox slash uh, Game Pass games that are going to be coming. Um, most notably, a Hellblade sequel, Hellblade 2, a new Mana game as part of the Mana series, Visions of Mana, and a first-person AAA Indiana Jones game, Indiana Jones 
and the Great Circle. Uh, really cool. Uh, these were the same developers, Machine Games, that helped reboot the Wolfenstein series. So the anticipation is very, very high. They used uh, a young Harrison Ford's likeness in this game. And uh, it is also first person uh, with a little bit of third person points of view and certain interactions and things like that. Voiced by uh, Troy Baker. Yeah, we like Troy Baker. We like Troy Baker. He's very talented. Yeah. Those that aren't familiar, he... Um... I don't know what other games other than Last of Us. He's not off the top of my head, but he voiced Joel in Last of Us and is just mm-hmm. an extremely talented voice actor. So yeah. Um, um, yeah. So this brings up uh, something I want to talk to you guys about too. Um, and I know we referenced it earlier in this episode. I think Microsoft is like lapping Sony right now in terms of the moves that they're making. I mean, this is a massive IP right here. Um, I think that if you think about the most recent... Okay, we talked about it last week. Game Pass, miles ahead of PS Plus. Microsoft has acquired two massive acquisitions in the last couple of years, two, three years. Uh, and the PS exclusives, uh, their sequels kind of, for a lot of people, were just... It, it, I don't think anyone's getting sold to buy a PS5 because of Spider-Man 2. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that, like... There's some there's something to say about some of the PS5's exclusives, but now Xbox has an Indiana Jones exclusive. Like the amount of nerds that are going to want to have a PS5 or Game Pass uh, just to play this game is going to, I think, surpass or at least equal the amount of people that are playing God of War. Uh, I think that this is just a massive IP get. It's a huge game. I don't think we've seen a AAA Indiana Jones game ever before. Um and also, Microsoft has just been doing so much with cloud gaming. They're actually trying to advance that a little bit where uh, Stadia left off. I just want to know, Matt, how are you feeling? Do you think Microsoft is dominating this space or not? I really don't. Um, I don't think their upcoming exclusives are that exciting, to be honest. Um, I think the Indiana Games Jones, look, Indiana Jones game looks fine at best. I wasn't very impressed mm. with what I saw, to be honest. Um, Actually, I haven't even seen any. I think it'll the be, video, Mick. Really, yeah, I need to look that. I up. think it'll be a solid seven or eight. Like it's it's fun, like, Sp- Do- like Spider Man does nothing wrong, but does nothing great either. Um, Spider Man was actually great on release, but they haven't changed the formula even a little bit through their three games. But yeah, I, I don't really see. I don't think the Indiana Jones game is going to work and be nearly as exciting as people want it to be. I thought again, you know, it's early. Um, but I thought like the whip looked pretty janky. Um, the gunplay is probably going to be actually kind of slow. Um, I just, I'm not that excited. Um, I don't think that any of these exclusives look that exciting. I do think Avowed will be cool, but I'm a PC gamer. So I'll just play that on my PC game pass. Um, and like, I think when you look at the PS five exclusives that are coming out, I think they're still more exciting. Helldivers two, Pacific drive, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Rise of the Ronin, mm-hmm. the Silent Hill 2 Remake, Death Stranding 2. Um, not 2024, but to be announced. Um, I think a lot of the other stuff they got going is uh, a lot more exciting, to be perfectly honest. Um, and, you know, it's still worth acknowledging that the PS3 outsold the Xbox, or excuse me, PlayStation 5 outsold, you know, Xbox Series, whatever equivalents, 3 to 1 in 2023. And that's, you know, everyone was already at that point very much aware how bad or how good um, Game Pass or PlayStation Plus was, right? Fair. Um, but if you need a reminder, go watch our video on, on our YouTube. Um, and that didn't affect players, you know. I just think the Xbox still, or excuse me, I just think the PlayStation is still a stronger system overall. And what do you think of the acquisitions of Activision Blizzard and Bethesda long term? Do you think that this positions Microsoft to take the crown or do you think that sony's sony's got the crown it's undeniable at this point find me a gamer that actually likes activision blizzard (laughs) (laughs) well i think they got a grip on a lot of gamers i think that blizzard has a a it's gonna make the money call of duty is gonna make them consistent money every year i mean yeah that'll help stay two two call of duty games were the best were the best-selling games of 2023 we talked about in our last episode i'm waiting for what those still and for the foreseeable future will also release on playstation yeah, it's gonna make them for good the money. foreseeable future. Yeah, but we yeah, don't. It's gonna make them good. Come money. on, we don't really but, know if we. That's that's a handshake deal. Like at the end of the day, 
It is. I just don't see it being overturned anytime, like in in even the near or far future. Uh, that would be like. I, don't know, I feel like that'd be grounds for legal action almost. I don't know how, but it would. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know how either, but I, 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 I'm with you on that one. Uh, I mean, I mean, and like got Bethesda Blizzard, got... is like trash now. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I'm, so I keep saying Bethesda, you spent like... 4 billion on Bethesda and you got shitty Starfield where the, it was so bad. They literally were going into steam reviews to defend their game. Yeah. No, saying no, no. I, we're not the problem. You're just boring. I, <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. I, I keep saying Bethesda as if like, I'm, like it's some sort Make of dagger a or something. Point, yeah. yeah, but it's I know it's, I know it's not. I'm just trying to stir the pot yeah. a little bit. I do think that like yeah, like Call of Duty, Activision, like that's kind of an interesting asterisk. And honestly, I'm really curious to see how things play out in the next five years, ten years of what the Activision Blizzard like what it actually ends up looking like if like Microsoft ever decides to say like, hey, all this stuff is playable exclusively on Game Pass and exclusively on Xbox. You have to have our consoles or you have to have Game Pass in order to use this. Like that would th- that would be crazy. I think it would work too. Like I honestly think that people would uh, buy Xboxes and I think people would purchase Game Pass if it meant a WoW subscription and access to play Call of Duty. Uh, oh, I, I would, I would definitely be back on WoW if it came with Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, I would, I would definitely be back. Yeah, on Yeah, and uh, and on top of that, Game Pass gives you a better product. Game Pass is just flat out a better product than PS Plus. So I'm, I think I'm a little bit more like Microsoft curious than you, Matt, uh, for lack of a better phrase. I do think I don't that think Microsoft something like has, that would help them sell more con- more Xboxes though. I'm, I'm saying Microsoft's dominance in the gaming space, and what I mean by that is like. Game Pass subscribers, like hardware sales, but also like, you know, Microsoft with Game Pass, like PC gamers also like apply to this sort of thing too. Because if you're a PC gamer playing WoW on your PC, you are inside of the Microsoft ecosystem of dominance because you're playing something that they own. That's what I mean. Okay. I mean, if we're... Yeah, if we're bringing in PC into the conversation, yeah, objectively, because Sony doesn't really have a stamp in the PC world in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that, but I guess I'm looking at it more so just through the because to just me, like hardware sales, Sony's not even like competing in that. Like that's not even like a they're they're not even worried about that per se. I guess. Yeah. Um, they're, I'm sure they're keeping tabs on it, but like it's not like a it's literally not even a business line for them, right? <laughs> that's true. Um. That's true. And I, I, I just, I, I think that, you know, the IPs that and exclusives that PlayStation has and will continue to have will just be stronger in the future. You know, God of War, not just Spider-Man, like Marvel, every Marvel potential future game, really like the big ones, Marvel Wolverine, um, Last of Us, Last of Us, Death Stranding, um, wouldn't be surprised if Hideo Kojima's game is a Sony exclusive I wouldn't be surprised um, either. It's going to be a Jeff Keighley exclusive, actually. It's be a Jeff. Okay. <laughs> Only he could play it. Jeff Keighley is like <laughs> the definition of a social climber. Like, <laughs> I don't think I care for that guy. Um, sorry, Jeff. I know you're listening. Hey, Jeff, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Hey, uh, we'll let us know in the Discord. Hey, let us know in the comments. Yep. Especially you, Jeff Keeley. Yeah, <laughs> tell us, Jeff Keeley, please. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's basically all I had for you guys here today. I just wanted to know your thoughts here on these uh, on these here topical topics. Um, you guys got anything on your end? Uh, IGN for some reason reviews anime now in the game Jujutsu. I always fumble that. They gave Jujutsu Kaisen season two part two a six out of ten. Yeah, that that that's cap. That's big. Who's wait? Who's the correspondent for anime on IGN? Um. Actually, I'm not sure. A six. I I don't even watch this show, but I'm upset. There, if you if you watched season two, part two as a standalone, I understand what he's saying, but you, that, that's just not how a serialized show works. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So like it's a continuation. Like you need to watch the first part. Like if you did, you watch High School of God, Lucas? No. You God, God of High School. High school. I think the way I would describe Jujutsu Kaisen season two, part two, if you didn't watch any of the other part of the series, it's like out of high school where it's just like 
that is a perfect way. Yeah, of it's like a lot of action and like a lot of good fights, and you won't understand the context of like and, any of the fights the, or anything. And the animation is just gorgeous. And the animation is beautiful. But you're not gonna understand anything. Mm. Um, that was a really good analogy, huh, Mickey? Wow, that's <laughs> um, fantastic analogy. I, mean, yeah, I, I was impressed yeah, with that analogy. Yeah, clip that. We're gonna put that as a reel. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, yeah, like every fight has so much emotion that has been like built up over the course of the series, and like. Yeah, I just it's um there are IGN continues to prove they're schmucks. Um but they did get a rare dub <laughs> when they gave Spider-Man an 8. That was a rare dub for them. Um yeah. their the reviewer is Raphael uh Motomayor. Motomayor. Um not familiar with them. He's a freelancer. Um I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to kind of dive into some of his other stuff, but he seems to uh, mostly review like anime and nerd uh, stuff. Other Marvel. like animated stuff for them, yeah. Ooh, I, I I need to see what else he has reviewed. Yeah, hang on, I want to see some of his. Uh, well, let's see what he, reviews. Let's on see Star what Wars. rating he gave Vinland Saga season two. Well, what's his name? Okay, well, he gave uh, Raphael, Raphael Motomayor. You can find yeah. his link on the IGN article for Jujutsu Kaisen season two. He gave Vinland Saga ten out of ten. That's accurate. <laughs> uh, We're going to stalk this guy. Is that what the episode's becoming now? I'm just like yeah, uh, absolutely. Basically. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Did you see the Fablemans, Lucas? Let's see what he gave the Fablemans. Uh, I don't see what he gave the Fablemans. How do you, where are you seeing that? I just clicked on his profile. Oh, okay. Like through IGN. Um, what did he give the Fablemans? He gave it a nine out of 10. Okay. That's not bad. That's, oh. that's right. Ooh, what did he get? What did he give Dark, Dr. Stone? Attack on Titan series finale review. He gave it a 10. Gave it. All right, I, I think I could accept eight for. <laughs> We're just creeping. Why are we doing this? Maybe we should just end the episode. Yeah. Okay, Matt, let's do the plugs. Oh, one, 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 okay, one, okay, one, okay, one more. Okay, one more. Go ahead. Uh, Demon Slayer. What did he give the, the recent season of Demon Slayer? I don't. I guess a seven. That was a bad. That wasn't very. You get a five. Wow. I'll actually agree with. No, even actually. No, five is too. That's. Low. I would give it a seven. Yeah, I, I would also like lean six or a seven. seven. But five. Five is, is pretty brutal. egregious. But hey. I don't disagree that much. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, as always, you know, we're posting a lot of good content actually lately. Definitely check out the YouTube if you haven't. We actually just crossed the uh, 100 uh, subscriber threshold. We're at 107 now. Um, so go check that out. Uh, we got a video coming out in the final soon. Super excited about that. And then one coming out on Indie Devs sometime soon as well. So stay tuned for that. They're definitely going to be fire. Um, you can find that on our website. Thanks for playing .live. The links to that. Or you can find the links in the Discord or in our link tree, um, which is going to be any of our social media handles at CFP Podcasts. That is at CFP Podcasts with an S at the end. Um, you can find the link to our Discord in there as well. Best place to reach myself, Lucas, Hot Mickey, Milkman. And I will just mention, unfortunately, everyone, Milkman will be absent from our episodes for a little bit. Um, generally, said. Um, not, nothing, Milkman is, is fine. Nothing happened. As long as we keep. Recording as long as you record on Mondays, which is generally the day it works best for the majority of us, unfortunately. He has a commitment that came up, and hey, milkman's got to deliver his milk. Um, <laughs> yeah, he got a new shift. Yeah, a new shift. Yeah, new, shift. Milk, new milk yeah. shift. New yeah. milk shift. But um, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Follow the pod. Join the Discord. Come hang out. It's a good time. And I'm going to go ahead and just plug my personal TikTok I've been having fun with. Good go idea, Matthew. Um, or actually, shit, I don't even know if it's at Good Idea Matt or at Good Idea Matthew on TikTok. <laughs> I think it's Good Idea Matthew. I think it I might said, be accurate. I'm, I'm Good Idea Matt. TikTok, so I wouldn't see it. I think it's Good TikTok. Idea Matt on Instagram for sure. Yeah, I'm Good Idea Matt on TikTok though. Um, Good Idea Matthew was taken, or Good Idea Matt was taken on Instagram, unfortunately. Yeah, Good wow. Idea Matt on TikTok. Good Idea Matthew on Instagram. I'm posting some bangers as of late. Um, you know, lots of likes. Having yeah, fun dude, with that. Off. Yeah, my most recent video got one point. One of my most recent videos got one point five million. Dang. Wow! Um, post a few others that are kind of getting consistently past like the thousand threshold now. So, bro, uh, I am having fun with it. Um, so, if you want some good corporate comedy in there, um, you know where to find me. Good idea, Matt on TikTok, and good idea, Matthew on Instagram. Dude, this uh, is crazy. The one, the one that you posted that got all like the 1.5 million, like you put out in December. I know it just started blowing up again <laughs> out of nowhere. I think someone that was like notable might have reposted it or something. 
Um, and that's kind of like gotten all my, that like boosted a lot of my other stuff too. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, dude. And like they're, most of them are just me sitting at my desk typing. Like <laughs> The wolf one was sick. Ma- dude, Matt, I had so much I... fun making that one. <laughs> Matt, the, the day I know that you made it is when I see your TikTok pop up on my Twitter feed. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's what I know. It, it you popped off we did yeah. have a super fire uh like just comment fire in the most recent tiktok we posted for the podcast account too everybody was just yeah i didn't have i don't know what people were like people yet, just didn't but... watch the tiktok and just wanted to comment right away no they're just nintendo fuck boys that's <laughs> that's what <laughs> they the, are the same people mad about pow world yeah yeah well anyway if you guys want to see the tiktok that we posted you should just go follow the tiktok yes, sir again at tfp podcasts that's at tfp podcasts that s at the end All right, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skibbity-bop.